Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. Big David Joe, Poker Action Line, another edition coming from our homes. And uh, uh, this, this uh, stream yard that we're using is great. Uh, you know, we see all the stuff on TV, the concerts and the uh, and the promotional things where people are on uh, the different, uh, you know, photo feeds, uh, camera feeds from their computers. And uh, I always said then when I saw it, I'd, I'd like to try that. But now uh, it's kind of kind of fun, but. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Big Dave. I'm so glad though because I hadn't seen I hadn't seen that gentleman over there in the picture to to your to your right there uh, in a long time. I'm glad to see Gio on the show with us. Yeah, well, welcome Gio back producing our show today, and uh, uh, we'll bring you another show today. Uh, I just tell you, Gio, if I've run out of things to talk about, maybe we'll just do a short show today. I don't know, like 40 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do my best to fill up the hour. Uh, certainly, there are things to talk about because a lot of the places that were interested in opening had made plans to open and then postponed them at the last second. Well, now another week has gone by, and we do have poker rooms open around the country. Uh, the first ones really to open were the poker rooms in uh, – South Dakota and Deadwood, which was actually uh, the place where the last ones closed up. So uh, uh, we are looking forward to uh, seeing a lot of places open. We'll see what happens. We'll wish the best for uh, people. I think everybody that's uh, excited about uh, returning to action has probably seen on social media some of the plans. Uh, The tall windows around the table. Uh, you got like a bank window there where you can uh, get your cards, pick them up, and look at them. But, uh, you know, I don't know if people are going to like that much. They'll, they'll get used to it, I guess. They'll get used to anything. But, Joe, you feel the big problem with getting back to work is this limit of four players at a table that is just not going to work. For Well, especially in the game of poker. You know, uh, poker is unlike any of the other casino games in that one – you know, you're this, you're wearing a mask. You know, the 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 limitation limits the amount, the size of the pot. In which case, the house is going to make less money, which means the house will probably offer less less incentives, like the high hands that we have down here. And as we've mentioned for years on this show, Dave, you know, poker is a social game. You know, it's a you know, you go there to socialize with some people. We we criticize people who go in there and then they're just nasty on the table to other right. people, you know. So even though we concentrate on, on the bad behavior of, of a very select few people, you know, the others are there to, you know, to, to meet each other. It's It becomes, I don't know, like, how, you know, when you play at the hour that you play poker, but when you're in a poker room, you see the same people at the right. same hours, you know. You have your morning crew, then you get your afternoon people, then you have your evening and early morning people and it's it, it becomes a social you know besides the poker game it, it does become a social gathering and obviously with the the restrictions that are going to be put in place for us with the mask with the changing um i don't know i again maybe i'm just getting too damn old and for for this type of uh 
uh, restrictions, and, and I've had a, a lot of poker in my lifetime. But same thing, any game I've ever been to, live game, you had that banner with everybody there, and uh, you know that that's really going to be very badly restricted with having to wear masks and everything. So I hope I'm a hundred percent wrong, Dave, and that people embrace this, like you said, the new normal. Um, you know, but I'm 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 a pessimist at this moment at times. Well, you know, when they talk about death and the five stages of grief, you know, it's going to be something like that. At first, there'll be excitement. <laughs> then there'll be, uh, you know, anger. Then there'll be acceptance Den- somewhere denial. along the line. Well, there's yeah. denial somewhere yeah. in between there. Somewhere so there's denial. So. Yeah. There's a bunch of stages, but, uh, uh, you know, you do what you got to do. So we'll see what happens. I know people want to play. I've been playing a lot of online poker uh, at home, uh, not for money, but just for the on a free site. And uh, having a good time. I think my game is improving. I've been winning some tournaments here and there and having some fun. So, uh, you know, who knows? When we get things back open again, maybe I'll be a little more interested in getting out to the the casino and, and, and playing different places. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that have happened thus far. Uh, I mentioned uh, Deadwood, and that is happening up in South Dakota. Um, there's lots of talk out in California with some of the Indian tribes opening out there, uh, three of them right around San Diego and a couple of other ones there. Uh, the Deadwood casinos uh, have 11 casinos open. Uh, I think uh, there's 20 altogether. This was about a week ago when this article was written. But I guess as of May 13th, there were 20 casinos open to play poker and uh, casino games, and they had 11 of them in South Dakota, so right in the Deadwood area, which is a, a small area. They really, I think, the only gambling in the state, if I'm, I'm not certain of that. But that was the uh, location where they had uh, the Old West and the program uh, that was on HBO for years uh, in Deadwood. So, uh, but the big, the first full weekend was a huge success. They said. Um, there's a operators and there's a gaming site called Tin Lizzie, another one called Cadillac Jacks. And they had a bigger turnout in their return than any typical weekend would normally uh, produce. So uh, they're up about 15 to 20 percent higher than a typical weekend there. And who knows where the people came from? Obviously, they probably came from Minnesota and Nebraska and Iowa and all these places that, that haven't been open yet. So. Uh, uh, it, it's been successful where it has been, you know, and uh, it, it, we'll have to look a couple, of, a couple of weeks down the line to see if there's any uh, adverse effects. Now, you're talking about the casino itself being open? Because yeah. Because is open, but they're not running their poker games, and they had just they had well, just opened it up shortly before closing down. Because oh, is that right? I, was, I wasn't even yeah. aware that they had reopened poker there. Yes, I was, they thought had. they had shut that down they for a while. Have. Okay. So... Uh, I did talk down here in Florida. Uh, obviously, there's uh, there's more problems with opening in Dayton Broward than there is in the rather other parts of the state. Uh, Palm Beach County has kind of uh, distanced themselves a little bit from uh, South Florida, and in in terms of the governor, and uh, didn't want to be lumped in the same uh, decisions that were coming for this because they had so much so many fewer cases, but. Uh, I did talk with uh, Noah Carbone this morning, 
And he said uh, he couldn't say anything today, but as of tomorrow, they would have some big announcements. So uh, I'm thinking that uh, something's going to happen there shortly, and that would be the closest in the area. Uh, As far as the date rooms, we know that the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa is opening on Thursday. Derby Lane is opening on Wednesday, tomorrow, as we do the show here on a Tuesday (coughs) evening. And, uh, you know, by next week's show, we'll have some – some information about what is going on there. But I expect big lines. Any place that opens here in Florida that's had a lot of success, it's going, it's going to have a lot of people that, that, that want to be there the very first day. Well, and my one of the things that I, I saw, I know we mentioned this right before we got we got on the air here, Dave, uh, the lines that for people going wanting to go into the Mikasuki, uh Casino, and, you know, the po- police have to stop them at the entrance. Uh, have you heard about, uh, you know, percentage or numbers of patrons that they're going to allow in, guests that they're going to allow into the casino? Uh, the only one I know for sure right now is Derby Lane, which has all their rules. That Actually, the Seminole Tampa does as well, but they're talking about 50% occupancy. Uh, Derby Lane has 52 tables. They're going to be opening 26. Okay, 26 tables. All right, and... Um, well, Derby Lane doesn't have the machines, so, you know, they're, those people are kind of, hey, it's either poker or nothing for, for them. Um, I'm very curious to see, and West Palm also doesn't have any uh, any machines. I guarantee you down here, it's going to be a little tougher for poker players because, yeah. you know, the, the machines are what make you your money down here big time, and um, very curious to see how they're going to do that. I don't know if you know this, Dave, but you know, Miami, uh, Casino Miami and uh, and Magic City, we fall under the guidelines or you know, of Miami, the Charter of Miami, right, City right. of Miami, which the governor is, uh, is, is Mayor Suarez. And he has been the slowest of all of them. Yeah, he's been, he's been tough on A lot on more that. cautious and with really good reasons because the man did get the, the, the COVID-19 and and so he he actually knows what it feels like to have that that you know to have that disease. Um, yeah, he's know. been much he's been much stricter than uh, Carlos Jimenez, the Dade County mayor, exactly. uh, because he didn't have to go through it, and he had a pretty serious case, I guess uh, Suarez did. Uh, you know, nothing like some of the other people we've seen. Uh, a lot of government people that were on had to go on ventilators and that sort of thing. And there's been people that had it really bad. But and I guess there's all levels of uh, seriousness of the disease. But uh, once you've been there and, and felt that fear deep in your gut, you know, I know that uh, it's probably a lot, a uh, lot more careful on reopening type different types of things. Exactly, and you know the fear that you have that you might give it to a family member and everything else. And like you said, you know, I I hate to say this every time on our show, but, you know, today is uh, 31 days that my wife's cousin that I've mentioned before on the show is still intubated. Wow. I can't even even fathom that in my mind to have a tube down my throat for that long amount of time. And that's a young girl, 27 years old, that I've mentioned before on the show. And, you know, when when you think about that, and as we've mentioned on the show, you know, people who are saying their numbers are, are way too too high for what it is and others that are saying it's way too low for what it is, you know, until you're affected by this one way or the other, or a family member, someone you love, a friend, you know, 
your I would imagine your views will change drastically. Yeah, absolutely. She's in uh, New Jersey, right? She is in New Jersey, this young lady, and uh, it's it's just it's heartbreaking every day. You know, my wife wakes up and goes to check to see if they finally removed the the tube. They're actually going to have to perform a tra- uh, what is it, tracheotomy? Yeah, tracheotomy on her. I mean, you know, this is a 27-year-old beautiful oh, wow. lady, and it's just, it is it is heartbreaking. I, yep. I can't even imagine what her mother and father are going through and the rest of her, her immediate family over there. Well, obviously, they've had serious, serious problems in New Jersey and New York, and uh, so Atlantic City casinos and poker rooms will not be opening anytime soon. I don't believe Connecticut uh, will be opening uh, the Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun, but of course, you run into some uh, dis- differences there with Indian uh, management, uh, the tribal management, and they have really taken a tough time because that's really their entire uh, their entire revenue coming in from gaming. So, uh, you know, they're dying to get back open, and uh, I say that without pun intended, but uh, they're trying to get open very quickly, and, uh, you know, those areas, though, it's just like a nightly, you know, we've, we've seen the Governor Cuomo uh, press conferences on a daily basis. He's done something like 78 days in a row where he's had a briefing. And uh, it's just part of your regular life. So to get back to normal, it's just tough. It really is, Dave. It's, you know, we're all praying and hoping that, you know, this, but I don't see normal and even then, I don't know what you think, uh, Dave or Gio even, but I don't think even once a vaccine is developed for this, God willing, as soon as possible. But reports I've read are saying that we'd be lucky to have a vaccine available uh, for J- or January or February of this, co- you know, the 2021. I, I don't think life will ever be the same as, as it was prior yeah. to all of this. I don't know yeah. what you we- guys think about. Well, we have to start to prepare for a whole different uh, scenario for sure. Uh, if people are wondering about Vegas, uh, I think you can look at the milestone of the start of the World Series of Poker, which obviously was postponed, and uh, they're hoping for something in the fall or maybe early winter. Uh, but one week from today was slated to be the start of uh, this summer's World Series of Poker, May 26th. They haven't canceled it. They've said it's a postponement only. So. Yeah, well, you know, I don't. I, I, I think they would just wait to the very bitter end before they actually canceled it and went on to next year because, you know, they could always change the dates next year. If they had a really late time, they might just move it back to the fall for another. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that. That's our man out in uh, Costa Rica. But uh, oh, really? I will call him back after the show. <laughs> we can pause. We can pause the show for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know how bad that's going to sound, but uh, you know, hey, people understand these days, certainly. Uh, but going back to Vegas, uh, they, there was some talk earlier uh, last month that Wynn Resorts uh, CEO Matt Maddox had hoped to be open by Memorial Day. Obviously, that's a little bit too ambitious. But sometime in early June, uh, there's a good chance that something could happen. Uh, Venetian and the Palazzo uh, have stated that they definitely want to be open in June. Uh, MGM has already laid out some of their uh, their rules and that sort of thing. So we're seeing some uh, different uh, uh, moves toward getting that open. And I think uh, there's a good chance that uh, it could happen uh, out in Vegas uh, 
especially since a lot of the politicians out there are just absolutely chomping at the bit. Yeah, well, again, and, and some of the numbers, I know that Texas is one of the states that's opened up early, and you know you hear the reports of, you know, all of a sudden their numbers spiked on the upward, upward number, you know, way up again. Um, very curious, very curious, Dave. I, I honestly don't know which way I fall on this. I want to get back to work. I want to, you know, see my coworkers, the guests that come in, the regulars. You know, they become like a, a a a different family that you meet, just like our little family right here, where I've been missing yeah. my boy Neil there for a long Absolutely. time and just talking with him, you know. So. Um, yeah, we want this to happen, but again, knowing what that poor girl is going through in New Jersey, and I would never want to ever see any of you guys, any of other people that I care about or their family have to go through any of this, Dave. So I honestly don't know where I fall on the fence on this side, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens here in Florida. Derby Lane on Wednesday, uh, May the 20th. Uh, set to reopen. They've posted all their rules. I do have a copy of that here. And uh, they will check uh, the employees' temperatures uh, coming into the building. Anybody with a temperature of 100.4 or higher will be told to go home. Uh, employees will have to wear masks and gloves at all times except when they are dealing at the table. Uh, those poker dealers uh, will have san- hand sanitizer at their workstation. And any employee that exhibits signs or symptoms of being ill will be referred to the manager for evaluation. As far as the patrons go, they will also have their temperature checked prior to being allowed to stay on property. Uh, If people refuse that, uh, they will be asked to leave immediately. Security officers will be responsible for giving those temperature checks at the card room entrance. Uh, again, they will have to wear masks and gloves while on property. And if they do not bring a mask, the uh, St. Pete Kennel Club will provide them. Uh, anybody exhibiting ill symptoms will be, uh, again, looked at and asked to leave. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, there's certainly open areas there. Uh, I believe all the poker tables that they're going to be using will be inside. But uh, we'll see. What and they will happen. be using the poker tables, Dave, with the uh, plexiglass and all of that in front of it. I do believe so. I haven't seen the Derby Lane tables. I've seen the Hylia and I've seen uh, Seminole uh, Hard Rock Tampa has them that are very similar. So I think uh, pretty much down the line, we're going to see pretty much the same thing. So my my guess, and I'm just thinking out loud here, is uh, somebody gets up to leave the table. Somebody's ready to come in. They got to wait till they wipe the chair, the plexiglass, the whole the whole area down. Well, that's going to be a major issue, I think, because in my opinion, there's going to be a line out the front door. People are going to have to wait hours to get into play, and you won't be able to, similar to wanting to get into some uh, you know special kind of game. Uh, you have to wait till someone leaves before you can step step in and take that seat. That's going to be a regular part of uh, the whole scenario. Yeah, and you know something I'm just like I said, thinking out loud from the poker side is, you know, dealing hands, Dave, as you well know, is where the house makes its money. The more hands you can deal, the more you can rake, the more you take a jackpot money to offer your guests, uh, you know, special prizes. But uh, I would imagine with these uh, new safety procedures and uh, in place, that's going to limit the amount of hands that you can do. But my guess oh. would be at least a third, if oh, not sure. more. 
Yeah, which absolutely. Which then affect how much money you could actually offer your guests in promotional uh, dollars. So let me I ask you this: you uh, you have you have an extensive uh, career as a poker dealer. Have you ever tried to deal cards with gloves on? No, never in my entire life. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I believe when you started talking last week about you know th- those possibilities. I would say, damn, I want to see. Now, there are some gloves there that you could use, like the surgical ones. Um, my daughter works in a ho- My youngest daughter works in the hospital, and she's brought over some of the blue ones. Those, I can see myself, you know, possibly dealing with them. But when you're starting to riffle the cards, which is another fancy word for saying you're shuffling, um, you know, you could break that glove. And then what? You have to stop, take the glove off. The one thing those gloves do, Dave, I don't know if you've been wearing them, you know, but they, you, your hands sweat like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I I actually hadn't been wearing them at all at Publix. I, yesterday I had to do the uh, – they taught me how to uh, wipe down what they, what they call the touch points, which is all these, the screens for the cashiers, uh, right. handles on all the freezer doors, and uh, they gave you the special uh, – you know, decontaminating uh, spray in your paper towels and stuff, and you got to wear the gloves. So that was the first time uh, I had really put them on, but I did notice the sweating, and I noticed how dirty they got very quick. Yeah, they get dirty quickly. Like I said, the, the, the to me, biggest problem was when I took them off, my hands felt really, you know, sticky and everything else. So, um, again, uh, that's a great question. I haven't done it yet. Actually, I may, I may even try that after the show. <laughs> just just so next week, if you ask me that again, I'll have an answer for it. Yeah, you. just so you know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Whether, whether, whether dealing with those cards, you'll be able to pitch them and so on. So that's going to be very, very interesting. But that's a great question, Big Dave. Okay, well, we got a couple other things. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, reopening and what's going to happen, but there are online tournaments, and the online tournaments are hugely successful right now. Uh, obviously, they uh, have attracted all these major players. Uh, there's a player named Max Silver. I think a lot of people might be familiar with him, but there are two fi- major tables, and with 35 players left in the WPT Online Championship, he is in fourth place, and he is at the final table of another huge tournament at the same time, so uh, I guess they're just getting underway in the WPT, but he might have to be playing two online tournaments. Not that that might be anything new to him, but can you imagine playing for first prize of close to a million dollars and playing on two different games? Well, believe it or not, I've had a similar scenario, not for that amount of money, obviously, but I had entered one tournament, and I, I you know, how old is the, the gentleman that you were just mentioning? Uh, 30s, I guess. Okay, 30s. So you know, there's, there's someone that could be our kid if we wanted him to be, right? <laughs> and I can't play. I, I'm, listen, when I go two or three uh, tables, and when I was playing a lot more online than I am now, it was crazy for me. And I remember I was in a tournament where I went all in, and I said, I'm going to lose this hand because of the way the, the cards have turned out, and you know, hit my miracle one or two outer to survive. In that time frame, I had entered another tournament. So that was just starting day. Mm-hmm. Well, I made the final table of both tournaments, and it was very difficult to play. I didn't get to win either one of them, but I did get into. I finished third in one and like seventh in the other. But man, it, for me, for me, it was crazy. These young people who play multi-table 
you know, when we were talking about this before, uh, you know, Black Friday, when it was 14, 15 tables, uh, I don't know, maybe just getting his, uh, his uh, online legs back and he'll be able to do this. Well, when you play on a computer, you can play numerous screens. You can resize the screens and see several of them at one time. Uh, when I play, I play on a tablet, so sometimes I'll play two. And uh, on Poker Stars, if you... Uh, you know, your other hand comes time for you to bet, it'll kick over to the other screen and go back and forth. Uh, for the very first yes, time, I, does. I tried to play three, and I got completely lost. It was a disaster. Three was the most I've ever played, and it drove me so crazy that I was so happy I got knocked out of one tournament. Yeah. And I go, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, sometimes so. you just you basically just call it, go all in every hand and, uh, you know, just get yourself knocked out. Well, and how about this? When you have a really good hand on one table, and then all of a sudden you wind up with another really good one, but you're trying to remember which where you were at, and uh, I don't know. It was for me, I guess at my age, it was just a little too much uh, to do. So, uh, well, let's take a break on the show. Uh, we'll talk about a few more things. Uh, we'll look at those uh, online tournaments and what's happening over there. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not having fun following as much as I normally do. You don't. You don't like to look at all the results and follow them down. No, not at all. Not but at all. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to looking at the results and seeing the uh, chip counts and saying, "Oh, uh, the king 411," I don't uh, know who that is, so I don't really <laughs> care who it is. So. And not to mention that a lot of these uh, tournaments, like the GG Poker uh, event. Uh, is almost all European players, so uh, most of them I've never heard of. We there are some big name players awesome. in the event. Then we could talk regular poker here and about everything else. We don't need to mention any. <laughs> well, we I like to pass keep people up to date, pass things along. But uh, here we are coming to the originally scheduled date of the World Series, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. That's for sure. So we'll try to hang in there, do the best we can. We'll keep an eye on uh, Derby Lane and the Seminole Hard Rock at Tampa. And hopefully down here in South Florida, it'll be only just a few weeks before we get some of the things happen. I know people want to open quickly, uh, but Dade and Broward County is going to be a lot tougher climb. Yes, it is. It definitely is, Big Dave. So, you know, they just they got to be patient. The only the only thing they're going to get going crazy is either is, is Mikasuki, which already opened, and uh, – and the uh, Hard Rock in Hollywood. So let's okay. see what happens. A big part of society right now is dealing with people who follow uh, Trump's lead and refuse to wear masks. And people are now getting angry and causing trouble. I want to talk about that when we come back. But you're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, Joe Rodriguez is my partner here who has extensive experience as a manager of a poker room, also has dealt the cards over the years. And uh, we'll talk about a few things in his experience when we return. Poker Action Line, we'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. 
America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. Uh, bringing you another show here uh, from our uh, quarantine basis. Uh, I'm at home and Joe is at his home as well. And uh, Joe, back with us on this show. Yes, sir. We just got muted for a break there, but I wanted to ask. On my screen, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but I have a live count monitor on my screen. Yeah. Do you have it on yours, Dave? I, I do. Is that pretty much accurate? Okay. Or is that yeah. what time we connected? That's not what time we started the show, is it? Yes, yes, it Probably is. Probably off by a couple of minutes. Oh, okay. No, no, it's right there. Well, great. We're uh, we're all set then. We're about halfway through tonight, and we will uh, talk a little bit more about people's reaction. And I want to start – one thing we try to avoid here in the program is getting political. Uh, you know, we've said our piece. Uh, I think a lot of people know that we're not big Trump fans. Uh, both the Trump sons came out uh, over the weekend and uh, said how the Eric, who is the dumber of the two, uh, is said that uh, the uh, coronavirus was just one big uh, joke and a hoax. Uh, Don Jr. said, uh, you know, this was a, an attempt to uh, – you know, keep the president from getting reelected. I know that they feel that way. And, and however you feel about it, um, I don't think that the leadership has been outstanding by the fact that, you know, he's kind of encouraging people to do things that are not completely healthy for you. And, uh, you know, not even going into the uh, hydroxychloroquine and all that, but uh, simply the uh, not wearing a mask is, I think, a big thing because people that support the president and the way he's handled the uh, the uh, pandemic are starting to uh, push back from people who are enforcing the rules, trying to keep everybody in their stores healthy. Now, uh, there's people obviously for financial reasons that have to open their small restaurant or their club or their gym or their barber shop or whatever uh, and trying to follow the rules. But some people are coming in and feel like it's a badge of courage now to not wear a mask. And my question for you, Joe, as a former uh, poker room director, you never had to stand at the door and make sure people were wearing their mask because we've never really been through this before. But how do you deal with that? Uh, what kind of a situation is it with you? And, you know, we've always talked about how big tippers are kind of given a little leeway. Uh, that doesn't directly uh, affect you because you have to follow the rules and take care of all your customers. So what is your thought when someone comes to the door and refuses to wear a mask or gloves? Well, it, it, it don't matter what I think. <laughs> and, you know, the mandate is going to be put forth by, by, the, by management. And regardless of how I feel politi politically or, or, you know, personally, it's not going to matter. It's my hands and every employee's hands in the casinos are going to be tied. Okay, so it's you know it's you know this is how it's going to be. Whether you, if you don't like it, there's the door. If you do like it, we're happy to have you in the building. It it simply becomes something like this. 
I mean, I've, I've had my issues with, with, with uh, guests, with players, poker players in the past. Like you said, unfortunately, you know, I'd say 20, 25% of your best tippers are usually your biggest pains in the asses on the poker table. Uh, they are, they, whether, whether they admit it or not, and, and, you know, it depends to what degree of pain in the ass they are, they're allowed to get away with some of the things without things being said to them as often as and another client who would be right. doing the same thing. I understand 100% that's not fair. I've instructed my dealers in the past to, you know, we get, you know, and, and some of these people, I've pulled them off the table because of the, most of the times because of the language they use, you know, and the treatment of the dealers or other players. And I've told them, listen, we appreciate your business. We know, you know, we, we appreciate how kind you are, but we can't put up with this. Yeah. And most of them, I would say a good 99% of them are like, I'm so sorry. You know, they're just caught out of the moment. Does that mean they stop for the rest of the day? Absolutely not, because as soon as they take a bad beat or a mistake is made, they get into it. And I've actually had to throw them out for the day. Now, when it comes to wearing a mask and following whatever social you know, distancing or whatever uh, protocols the casino puts in place that they believe they have to do uh, for everybody to keep everybody safe, regardless of who they they like as a political <laughs> as a political uh, person. But uh, it's going to be easy. As a matter of fact, they my guess is it's going to be taken out of our hands. And security yeah. will handle that. Security will handle that. Now, if someone gets through security with a mask and takes it off in the card room. That's where obviously we would jump in, but uh, again, being that it's been quite a while, you know, two months down here for people getting in there, I don't see them creating any problems, at least not for the first few weeks that we're open. Well, let me ask you, uh, you have used law enforcement, actual uniformed police officers from time to time in your rooms. Uh, The average security guard may be wearing a security uniform uh, with a cap and a badge uh, that's not a real police badge. But uh, let's face it, a lot of security guards that are at these places are either much older gentlemen or young kids that don't have a lot of experience, and you've really got to be careful with the training of how to handle some of the customers. Well, and that's a great question. Um, I can only speak for our place, um, you know, knowing the, the staff there. They, they, are, they are not empowered to grab somebody, to hold them. You understand, like in some other casinos, I know in Vegas – you know, the, the security there is almost like a police force, you know, and uh, they will detain you. They will detain you. If a situation occurs, as you mentioned, uh, we do have police officers, Miami police officers, um, in the in the building and, and right outside. So as soon as a call is made, our casino isn't that large. So somebody can't get there within a few moments. There's usually... If, if the last two days we were open where we were restricted to 250 guests, let me tell you, Dave, once we got there and some of the lower level, uh, and I have, I'm probably not using the right word, the, the blue and silver cards, which are the lower level cards uh, for, our, for our guests that play the machines, were waiting longer than our gold and black. You know, black is the next one up and gold is our, our elite class. So um, the elite and VIPs did get preference as guests left. Like you mentioned, as you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, you know, uh, if we're at max level and four people leave, are you leaving the casino? Okay, four are coming in. 
they were allowing four elites and VIPs to come in. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of <laughs> some, yeah, which created some issues. As I'm sure you're about to ask. Yeah, well, oh, I'm I just heard the screaming. You know, I just hear what happens in life now, and that is, you know, that we're constantly moving toward uh, some sort of class war. Uh, you know, that the rich people are going to get pushed back on by the poor people that uh, feel like they're uh, treated differently and not as well. So uh, those are the kind of things I think we're going to see. Uh, as an overall uh, observation of life, don't you just feel that over the past two, three years, there's been a decrease in the respect for law enforcement? And even if you bring policemen in that have a gun or a taser, uh, people are, uh, you know, getting more physical and resisting arrest and uh, getting into situation where they're rolling around on the ground to arrest somebody. I think that is much more likely to happen now than it did maybe five years ago. Well, be honest with you, my time frame there, no, I have not seen anybody like that. You know, I haven't seen them. Um, usually when a police officer has taken somebody down, it's more the fact that they've been fighting another patron, you know. But, yeah, I mean, yes, we have seen a lack of respect or whatever you want to call it for, you know, for local authorities, for the police officers that are in the, in the, uh, in the casino. They're working, they're off duties. Um, but you know, my guess is those patrons are going to be treated like as if they did something outside of the casino. And for those who are listening to us and are thinking, "Oh, this is you know, if they piss me off, this is what I'm going to do," uh, just remember, especially for those down here and in any other place, if you commit the same crime, okay, on an Indian property casino, as opposed to let's say Casino Miami, Magic City, a state-run casino. You are looking at a much, much more time in jail because it's those tough. are federal offenses. Okay, yeah. Anytime you you make you do the you let's say you commit the same crime at Casino Miami and you do it at the Hard Rock and you get and you get captured you get caught doing that and convicted of it, you will do a lot more time if you had committed that crime at the Hard Rock than if you had committed it at Casino Miami due to the fact that it's you know federal property and and federal laws come in and the you know it's it's a lot lot tougher uh sentencing for those for those crimes okay um let's take a look yeah, at a i don't know if you knew that i did not know that no i did yeah. not um but uh certainly makes sense that's for sure uh the scoop tournament the uh spring Championship of online poker on Poker Stars is in their uh, main event, which is an eight max, uh, ten thousand three hundred dollar no limit tournament. They guarantee five million, and they are down to sixteen players now. Uh, Michael Adamo is the chip leader in that one, and Max Silver, who we mentioned, is uh, currently in fourth place. Uh, Fifteen million chips compared to the chip leader with twenty nine million. Uh, James Hopkins. Jack Sinclair, former November Niner, is also at that final table. So they're playing it down with 16 players left, and uh, we'll try to keep an eye on that one. Uh, they are taking their evening break uh, there. Also, we have uh, the World Series, or I'm sorry, the World Poker Tour, which uh, enters the final day with 35 players to go in that one. Sam Greenwood is the chip leader in that one, and they'll be getting underway shortly, if not already. Also, uh, Lib Bori playing pretty deep, but she is out now. Uh, 
Max Silver, uh, again, at the final table and or playing down toward the final table, third place in that uh, tournament as well. So uh, playing two tournaments at the same time and uh, pretty outstanding to uh, be going that team. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, that's not easy to do, Big Dave, at least not on my point. Uh, first, first place in that one is over a million dollars, one million forty-eight thousand. So that is the WPT, which they put together very quickly when they had to cancel some events. I did also want to mention that uh, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, tournament from last year will be shown starting this weekend. So that's going to be on uh, television soon. Uh, in the as they say, in a station near you, you could check out uh, the action of the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown on uh, the Fox Networks, uh, Fox Sports Net in our area here. And I'm not sure exactly every place that is, but uh, that will be the uh, coming up soon. Uh, the TV schedule for that one, let me see if I can give it to you exactly here. Uh, they are currently showing the uh, the L.A. Poker Classic. The Seminole High Rock Poker Showdown will be four shows beginning on May the 24th, and uh, the final show of four will be starting on June the 14th. So uh, check that out uh, if, in case you were at that tournament. Maybe you were sitting in the background. Uh, sometimes I look to see if I can see my face there. And, uh, you know, everybody likes to get on TV a little bit and uh, will sit behind the cameras to uh, get their face on the air. So that's all coming up over the next four weeks. <laughs> you have to get that fix in there there for you, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about an article that I read, uh, um, talk, kind of discussing a little bit of strategy. But the, it was interesting. This is kind of a, a different look at things, obviously the plays you make. But there are five mistakes that you can make at the table. Obviously, there's plenty more than that. But this uh, story talks about bankroll depleting thoughts. Uh, little phrases that you're saying to yourself in your head and uh, curious as if you've ever dealt with them, Joe. Uh, well, yeah, bankroll depletion. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't, I can't imagine any poker player that's played for any serious amount of money. And I'm not only talking about bankroll depletion as far as uh, tournament goes uh, and your strategy there or, or, or in live cash games. But, uh, yeah, every, every poker player has had that thought. What, are you talking about tournaments? Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. Okay, so when it comes to tournaments, yeah, you, you know the blinds are going up at a certain time. So you constantly thinking, you know, you, you know that, okay, this is how much I got. How many blinds do I have? Remember how we've always heard some of the strategies. Oh, well, you still had 10 big blinds to make a decision. You, you didn't have to go crazy uh, and so forth. Every player puts their own thoughts and feelings into how comfortable or uncomfortable they feel with the amount of uh, chips they have in front of them and the blind structure that's coming up. But um, you do see, you know, you, you can't wait for pocket aces. Yeah. To push off the link, you know. Uh, uh, for one, it's either going to get down to almost nothing, so then anybody can call any two or three people call you with any two cards, and you've lost the, the a lot of the value of having pocket aces. You, for me, if I know I was short stacked, you know, and uh, lines are moving, I'm looking to to get a position 
uh, you know, and hopefully isolate myself against one player to try to first double up and hopefully double up right, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, get back to a comfortable position with my chip stack. And, um, yeah, you have to definitely open up your range of hands that you're going to be playing. Um, you have to kind of – I used to think, I go, I know if I go all in, this guy's going to call me with any two freaking cards that he has. Right. So, okay, know, well, it doesn't actually – it doesn't have to be tournament play. It can be cash games. In fact, some of the uh, examples that Ashley Adams uses in his story are with cash games. So he, he kind of gets specific about it. So let's look at a couple of hands. Number five mistake, a little phrase that kind of pops up in your head is – I really can't fold right now. Yeah, so I, well, I, I, want, I want to look at I want to look at a hand and how that applies. Uh, he's talking about playing at a one-two no limit game. Uh, you've been there for about forty-five minutes. You still have a couple of hundred bucks left in your stack, and you get king ten offsuit in middle position. Three or four players call the blind before the action gets gets to you. Uh, and you've been playing pretty tight. You've been folding a lot of hands pre-flop. Uh, you got to decide now if this is the time that he has to fold. But you're not. There is another player that uh, is in position on you, uh, certainly, maybe a couple of players. And uh, you you make a call because you, you just feel like you really can't fold at this point. Well, you get you know, a lot of pot, a lot of money in the pot. No one has raised the pot from what I've heard you say, right? Right. Um, and you take a shot. Now I can talk to you from uh, you know previous you know from from my experience playing King Ten, okay, which I've done for those similar scenarios, and I remember getting wiped out in one hand where I flopped the most beautiful thing just about. I flopped the the, the straight you know rainbow flop, and then the Ace Queen Jack came out. I had the King Ten, wound up getting it all in with someone who had Ace King, and sure enough, they spiked the King. Right on the turn, they didn't even they didn't they didn't let me suffer till the end. But they spiked that king on the turn. Um, but in a live, you know, that was in a tournament. In a live cash game, you know, you take your chances. To me, those are the type of hands, much like I just mentioned, that you got to, you know, you you either you either hit the flop or fold the, you know, or fold on it. So I don't know what his scenario was where he said to himself, he can't get out of this hand. Well, basically, he t- he says, uh, if you're saying to yourself you can't fold, that often you're very wrong because you're letting your ego uh, take charge and and uh, clouding your better judgment. But he says, looking like a wimp is not a legitimate reason to avoid a fold. That, and I agree with that. You know, down here, <laughs> I'd say 80% of the people would disagree with you right there. That they don't want to look, they don't want to look weak. They don't want to look like a punk or whatever word you want to use. So they, 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 you know, feel like, you know, pushing their money and, uh, you know, and, and their manhood forward is the only way to play poker. Um, yeah. Now, when you were mentioning this is a hand that you can't fold or you're talking to yourself, I was thinking about, you know, after the flop, if that flop came, Jack Queen, you know, rainbow and you're open-ended, you know, again, for me, it might be easy to fold if they're pushing – three, four hundred dollars, you know, and, and trying to stack me and I'm only open ended. But what do you do if if it's that same Jack Queen and you're sitting uh let's say it comes with two diamonds and you got that King Ten of Diamonds open ended straight. I thought those were the hands that he was talking about that you're thinking to yourself, I can't fold to an all in push here because I'm I'm open ended to the nut straight 
and I'm and I'm drawing to the second nut flush. You know, a lot of players that I know would not want to fold that hand. You know. To most anybody. Well, in his description, he doesn't even go as far as the flop. He just said there's a good, good. You probably should save your money for the next for another hand. Oh well, if that's the case, yes. I listen. There's no reason to see a flop with a king ten hand if someone's putting a lot of pressure, regardless of how many people in there. Especially if it's a live game, like you said, a one-two game. Uh, you know, um, it's not even feasible for you to do that, and that you shouldn't be doing that in a tournament. Yeah. Although you know, you're talking to deaf ears for for a large majority of the tournament paid for what I know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, number four, uh, the thing that little phrase that might pop into your head. He's probably bluffing, and you know you can. He says uh, Ashley says that you can win a lot of money calling down a player when he doesn't have what he's representing. But often, especially in home poker games, in online games, small online games, low stakes public poker room games. An aggressive action by your opponent often indicates a genuinely strong hand. Yeah, genuinely. And once again, as I've mentioned many times on the show, it all depends on who you're playing with and who's making that move, Big Dave. Right. You know, uh, uh, the, the private games I used to go to two, three times a week, you know, and you're seeing 90% of the same players at those games. And, and the other 10%, you're seeing them quite, quite enough. After a few years, you kind of know, you know, who's pushing pots that probably has a marginal hand and is pushing it to try to represent something higher. And, uh, you know, again, I, I have that same thought. I don't need to follow somebody to think that they're bluffing, but, you know, people will chase those down. He says guard against the thought that your opponent might be bluffing just so you can have an excuse to call someone down when you really know you should fold. Yep, that's sound advice, very sound advice, especially for new players. Okay, number three, I have to bet here. And he says that aggression at the table is a good thing, but uh, when you feel that's automatic, you know, that can run into a real problem. For instance, if you have a small pair and uh, no one raises too much, you can stay in the hand, so you can uh, try to mine a set somehow. But if three players call behind you, with that small, with that small pair, um, you know, and one of the, one of the players uh, maybe in the small blind, uh, you know, raises and uh, the big blind checks. Uh, all of a sudden, when you miss the flop, you know, now you're in big trouble. So uh, you feel like you have to bet, but the truth is, you have to recognize what a, a problem should be. Well, and I agree a hundred percent in in the sense that. If that's how the game is played all around, now as a poker player, you know they like to say, "Oh, this guy's a nit because all he wants to play are premium hands and premium situations." Well, the education of the poker player has grown quite quite much uh, over the last two decades. So, if that's your style of game, you you're, you probably won't lose much and you probably won't win much. But now, if you're constantly afraid, like that small pocket pair. That's it's it's you know you you flop it or you drop it you know, but if you don't play those every now and then you're you're not li- you're you're never going to get one of those pots that you want to talk about for a month to to all your poker friends and any stranger you meet when you tell them hey I played pocket fours to a raise and court quarter four or court pocket fours you know quarter uh, quads someone else had a high fl- uh, full house and you know 
So if you're constantly folding those hands to a minimum range, I, I think he's addressing more of really aggressive players. And well, he, if that's the case, you know, that, that, that might not be a game for you. You know, if you're constantly folding hands, I don't know how big a raise he talks about in the article. You know, if it's a one-two and someone you call the one-two and somebody makes it ten to go, yeah, you're gonna have your days. But I'd rather call that ten and try to try to you know uh, snap that set on the flop and try to trap somebody with that, and that can turn into you know five, six, seven hundred, a thousand dollar hand depending on the stack sizes. If you miss the flop and everybody kind of checks around, uh, you feel like. Uh, uh, you're you're you have a reputation as an aggressive player, so you want to maintain that image, and so you make a bet. Then the turn comes with an ace, uh, and you don't want to get run off the hand, so you bet big again. Uh, then there's a blank hitting on the river, and you stuck around, and it turns out that uh, the guy beats you because he's holding a weak ace. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, listen. That that hand to me, the way he's playing that hand out, Big Dave, you have to win it. You have to win it on the flop or hit it. I should say more is you have to hit it on the flop. So, um, again, it's it's a different scenario. Okay, number two is I'm already stuck. So what's a few another few bucks? Well, that that's a philosophy I've had many times playing poker, especially if I'm ready to get the hell out of there. I'm well, he says, he says what you got to do, what, what you got to think, though, is it doesn't matter if you're down 200 or up 500. A bad call is still a bad call. whether you're And that's 100% correct. And I guarantee you 60 to 70% of people don't care about that when they have very few chips in front. If they've got $25 in chips in front, they've got $25 chip, uh, in cash and chips in front of them, and they bought in for 200 and six people are in, they're going to throw that money in there hoping that they can come back close to, to even after that. He said the bottom line is if you're starting to think that losing a little bit more doesn't really matter, then it's time to walk yeah. away from the table. Yes, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, and the number one little thought that pops into your head at times, I just got to get back to even before I leave. That's, uh, I would imagine he's read the mind of uh, – 99.8% of the people that Absolutely. play poker when they're stuck. So there you go. That and which relates to the other scenarios that he's had where now you're going to push that 25. I think he's talking more about people reaching into their pocket when they're just not having a good day. Nothing's right. going their way. So live to live to fight another day, guys. That, that's and if he, one of the toughest things there. And he said if you've been playing for a while, you're probably tired. Your, your play has probably uh, degraded. And you may not even recognize it, but the more tired you get, the worse you play. The worse you play, the more you lose. That's That's been my experience in 40-plus years of playing. So. so bottom line, let's avoid the death spiral and uh, and think about the smart things to do for sure. And uh, a pretty interesting article. Uh, well, he said these little five things, if you think about them and how to avoid them uh, – you know, you'll be better equipped to uh, combat their negative, negative effects. And and in one real quick point, so that for those who are starting to play, when you know that somebody is going to start making a lot of these bad moves, a lot of these players like to announce when they say, I'm about to start barbecuing some chips here. So that's usually, <laughs> that's usually a heads up that this guy's going to be throwing a lot of chips with, with any two cards. So uh, be ready to remember that. I never heard that line before. 
Yeah, yeah. So there you go, you know. And, well, Big Dave, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, no, there. I'm good. I'm done with that. Okay. I mean, that, that's the one that I enjoyed hearing a lot. Guys, just, I'm getting ready to barbecue some chips. You're just you're uh, just cringing because you've probably used all five of those at one point or another. Yeah, let me tell you, anybody who's played poker any significant amount of time usually has gone through those all five of those stages <laughs> that you mentioned. So. Well, let's uh, kind of wind things down here. Uh, we'll let you know that uh, tomorrow, which is May the 20th, uh, T- Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa will open at uh, 7 p.m. And then, or actually, I'm sorry, make that Thursday, the 21st at 7 p.m. Here locally in, in uh, the southern part of, uh, not, not locally, but on the west coast of Florida, in the southern part of Pinellas County, Derby Lane, We'll be opening on May the 20th, beginning at 10 a.m. Their hours are going to be 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And, uh, you know, obviously this is something that a lot of us have never been through. But what would your thoughts be if it was your room, Joe, and uh, you're on the eve of a, a huge opening? I'd try to make sure that all my employees, I'm sure Patrick is the one down there at Derby Lane, isn't he? No, he's at uh, Tampa Bay Downs. Oh, Tampa Bay Downs. I don't know why I keep thinking Sturby Lanes. Well, regardless, whoever the manager is, I'm sure you're getting your whole staff and any anybody else in the casino that's going to help you. Uh, make sure that they follow these protocols and um, try to make the experience as, as much fun as possible. You know, you know, with everything that they got to wear. You know, it, 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 the attitude has to come from the employees there. You know, if you're you're upbeat and and, you know, you're positive about everything, you could start to put some people at ease and just let them know that it's not only a hardship for them, but that you have to go through so much yourself in the casino that you really, really, you know, uh, I'd bend over backwards just to, to try to make the, the, the experience as nice as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the uh, Scoop Tournament, the uh, Poker Stars main event uh, for the uh, spring championship of online poker they are down to the final table of nine and they will break for the day uh chip leader is uh, peter Ert with 38 million chips daniel devoris with 28 million in second pablo brito in third with 20 million uh max silver still alive in that one 8.6 million but uh in currently in seventh place and they'll break until the the day tomorrow, 105 Eastern time is the start on Wednesday the 20th, and uh, they will be back in action there. Do not have any reports from the WPT tournament. I guess they play into the evening there, but they will certainly uh, be looking forward to it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more on some of the other places next week that are getting underway. Louisiana opening some of their casinos. Uh, very different openings all over the country, but we know that uh, the Phoenix area has several places that have opened already. Uh, California is tough. Uh, Governor Newsom out there has been very tough on the reopening. And even though some of the Indian casinos have opened, he's asked them not to uh, not to stay open. And uh, he's actually begging them to close some of these casinos because California is on the borderline of uh you know, breaking out with some serious problems out there. Uh, meanwhile, people are playing online. Records for New Jersey, unbelievable. They have, in the month of April, uh, set some huge, huge numbers. And uh, 
they they will of course uh you know continue to grow while some of the live rooms are closed but the three new jersey online poker sites uh crushing record of the previous month of 3.6 million took in in april 5.1 million so yeah <laughs> i guess I, I i expect those numbers to keep going up if- if we're still in quarantine section days. Yeah, overall, their uh, casino operations in New Jersey uh, pulled in $74.8 million, uh, doubling their take from 2019, $34.9 million. So uh, not just poker, but everything in these online casinos. And, uh, you know, people are taking advantage of it while they can right now, but who knows what will happen a, a week from now. Exactly. Uh, but these rooms are opening. We'll give you a report next week. We'll try to find out. We'll make some calls and see if we can find out what's happening over in Tampa and in St. Petersburg. Obviously, they're a little bit ahead of it because they've had some smaller, uh, you know, affectation of the uh, diseases up there on the west coast of Florida. But uh, hopefully, we'll be back underway here soon. And uh, I'm sure you're dying to get back to work, Joe. Tell us a little about that. Well, <laughs> uh, I, I keep getting calls from and texts from a lot of the uh, guests that play in the machines, and uh, you know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating for my family. It's been more frustrating because we haven't received my wife and I, neither my wife nor I have received our stimulus check or the unemployment that I applied for. So you know, for someone like myself, I'm just very grateful that right now they've been paying my insurance, which is what I'm mostly concerned about at the, at the current moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a group chat amongst the dealers. They're they're already, you know, the the fun and 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 the joking around aspect of it from a from a month and a half ago is now gone, and everybody's like, Mikasuki open. What the hell's going on? How come we can't open up?" So, um, frustration level is setting in, Dave. It, it really is, and it's uh, it's sad because the frustration level is basically. For workers, it's not a social going out and doing something and being stuck with your family. It's that you have no income coming in. Yeah. And, and you know, that's <laughs> we, we know that is probably the leading cause of breakups and marriages and everything else. So you can only imagine you're now stuck at home uh, with your children, with your family, and bills keep coming in, at, you know, and even if you're allowed to push them back and, you know, mortgages – your mind works differently, Dave. Yeah, you think sure. to myself, oh, my God, what happens if I come back in the business? And in the casino business, there's a very real thought that you're going to come back, especially for dealers, and not come close to making the money you made before. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's well, another thing you have to put on yourself that, oh, my God, yes, I want to go back to work. But if I'm making a half or 60% yeah. of what I was making, that isn't going to fix my, my, my current situation. Yeah, tell that, tell that to all the restaurants opening here in Florida. We'll see what happens. Uh, exactly. That's going to do it, though, for the show. Uh, one last note, just to let you know that the Seminole uh, Tribe has actually purchased the rights for Hard Rock Brand out in Las Vegas. You know, it was closed uh, out there in Vegas and uh, it was going to reopen as Virgin Resorts. But they have bought the brand now. So Virgin Resorts. Resorts will be in that building, and they're in it, probably end up buying another one. So we'll see what happens. Good. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for being with us on the program tonight. Gio, thank you as usual. And uh, Joe, thank you as well. we'll talk right. to everybody next Guys, week. Stay safe. Gio, man, it was so much fun seeing you. At least I couldn't shake your hand or hug you. But my love to you and the family, brother. All right? It's stay not safe. normal. 
It's not normal, but it's the best we can do right now. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 